And my friends, that splendid selection nobody knows. The trouble I've seen is one of those Negro spirituals, spirituals that were birthed out of trials, trouble, and travail, and it takes a very peculiar, unique, and distinct person to be able to say, I have met troubles and trials and tribulations, and yet I can still say, glory, glory, hallelujah. Well, we stand within the portal of permitting a fourth visitor to come to our door. Donald Trump is his name. And many of you have been raising the question, how are we going to make it? How are we going to negotiate our way through an administration whose possibilities has put a lot of people on edge. Many people were weeping after November 8th. And doctors, psychologists have told us that there were more sick people than any point in time in our history. On that day after that election, San Francisco General closed down. UC's emergency room Close down. And they had to refer people to other outlying hospitals in this Northern California region. How can you make it when things are dark and difficult? Well, you don't have to ask sons and daughters of Israel, sons and daughters of Africa, because we have a common humanity that has not been next door to hell, but we have lived in hell. And somebody say, what's the best way to make it an L, go right through it. And that's what I want to talk about tonight before I sit down. I won't hold you long. I tell you like Elizabeth Taylor told her, 
eighth husband. I won't hold you too long. But on a serious note, if we're going to make it through this midnight of the human soul, if we're going to be able to say glory, glory, hallelujah, at the end of the day, the first thing I want us to remember as two congregations, I permit to you a pictorial expression of what we embodied and what we've represented historically. Some of you, I uh, hope most of you got a copy of this photograph, this picture, this aerial view of Temple Emanuel and Third Baptist Church in 1890. Third Baptist was located at 518 Powell Street right where the Hyde on Union Square is located. Temple Emanuel was at Sutter and Powell, right next door. What am I getting at, friends? We were together from the beginning, and ain't nothing going to turn us around. After these 30 years, we're going to keep on loving each other. We're going to keep on teaching each other. We're going to keep on serving each other. Because there is a destiny that makes us all brothers and sisters. None of us goes his or her away alone. For what we send into the lives of others will come back to our own. Give Third Baptist and Temple Emmanuel another big round of applause for hanging together for 30 years in celebration of love. But then we can make it. We can succeed. Because there is a word from Micah 6 and 8 that says, What doth the Lord require thee, O mortal, but to do justice, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? And when you meet God's requirements, when you do what God requires of us, not how we worship, not whether we Jimmy Fleck or whether we stand, not how we sing, not how we give sacrifice, but the integrating thread that keeps us human is to fulfill God's requirements. What is that requirement? up at the top of the list is to do justice. Justice. Let's just park there for a while. I just came back from Washington, I said earlier, and the, we had the insult of a man being nominated to be the Attorney General of the United States of America. Sessions is his name, if you've forgotten it from Alabama, from down the Mobile Way. And we had a situation where the president had the unmitigated goal to nominate a man whom I like unto 
having the fox to keep the hen house. And we had persons, hear me tonight, we had persons at that testimony on Monday and Tuesdays trying to sanitize, trying to dress up, trying to put some lipstick on this situation. But I come to tell you, a pig is a pig wherever it may be. And I don't care how much you dress it up, it's still going to grunt. It's still going to run to find some mud. What am I talking about? Here we have a man who's supposed to be the paragon of justice. A man who's supposed to be in a position to enforce the law. But not only to enforce the law, but also to come up with monitoring the law. And here we have in this nation a person being nominated for this high position who was against the extension of the voting rights law, a man who also has been misogynistic like his cohort, a man who has also had negative words about Muslims and not permitting a person who has a background of being one from the Mohammed, Abrahamic tradition, a Muslim, here is a man who said that if a woman is brutalized, if a woman is battered, he doesn't have the responsibility to run to the rescue and make sure that she gets justice. My friends, there's something rotten in Denmark that America has fallen to such a state that we have failed to keep God's requirement of letting justice roll down like waters and righteousness as an ever-flowing stream. That's what we need in this nation. If we're going to make it through this midnight of the soul, we need justice. How are we going to make it through this midnight of the soul? We got to continue to engaged in an enterprise such as Back on Track, an enterprise that was established 30 years ago, not just to celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday, but more importantly, to teach young people to say in the words of Chaucer, gladly will I teach and gladly will I learn so that I may teach others how to find the way to the good life. Beloved, let's remember that in the African-American historical tradition, we came from a tradition in which they forbade us to read and to write. They made sure that we would not know. They made sure that we would perish. For Hosea does say, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. And then in the state of, Cal of North Carolina in 1830, I want to read something to you that lets you know how our forebears made it through a hellish moment. It says in the book, African-American Education in Slavery and Freedom by one Heather Williams, and I quote, 
Any person who shall hereafter teach or attempt to teach any slave within this state to read or write, the use of figures accepted, I shall give or sell to such slave or slaves any book or pamphlet shall be liable to indictment in any court of record in the state of North Carolina. End of quote. We may not be back in North Carolina, but we have a sophisticated, sleazy move on education in this nation to keep African Americans and brown children from learning how to read, to write, to compute, and to master Western civilization's thought. We will pay a jailer, we will pay a prisoner, a warden, 80 plus thousand dollars a year, but we pay a teacher, an entering teacher, a beginning teacher, a milly mouth, $40,000 a year. Something is wrong about America closing its mind and not educating our citizenry. Ignorance is not blissful. Ignorance is dangerous. And if we're going to keep a free society, if we're going to keep a learned and informed society, if we want to keep our society from depotism, we have got to make sure that black on track continues and that we do not turn our schools over to any voucher system. This is no need for us to privatize education. <laughs> education is a right for everybody. And Thomas Jefferson was right when he said education is the foundation of our democracy. And the poet was right when he said, well, were I so tall to reach the pole or grasp the ocean with my span, I must be measured by my soul. The mind is the standard of the man. I heard somebody say in the Christian tradition, saying, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Thanks be to God that Temple Emmanuel for 30 years has kept a program going so that we can make it through any midnight of the soul, any dog night, and Donald Trump and no other Trump is gonna trump us, for we're gonna learn, we're gonna speak for ourselves, think for ourselves, for if you can't think for yourself, somebody else will do your thinking for you, and whoever does your thinking for you will be your master, and you their slave. We are a free people. We are people who are going to respect education and make sure that it's a commodity that's for all of God's children. For if you don't, it's unjust. For the Lord requires of us to be just in our educational system in this nation. And you know what can happen when you do that? you can discover that a black boy, a black girl, knows how to make it in algebra, calculus, geometry, trigonometry, 
and science. And I recommend to you that you check it out. There's a young brother named Hakeem M. Olesiyi, born in my native Mississippi. This young man, at the age of 13, ran into the wreck of the history of someone from your lineage and your heritage. Albert Einstein is his name. Everybody said, Albert, Rabbi Jonathan, was ineducable, that he couldn't learn. But Albert Einstein proved them wrong. He mastered that theory of relativity and opened other vistas in science. But this young black boy from Jackson, Mississippi, got a PhD degree in astrophysics, and he is now going around the world in Africa and in India, teaching young people who are living in the slums how to compute, how to study the heavens, and let somebody know that everybody can hitch their wagon to a star if you have the desire, and if someone else is there to help you, you can be whatever you can be. No, we are not all basketball players. We're not all rappers. We're not all dancers. We got a mind and we got a gym that we can think for ourselves. And thanks be to God, that's what Back on Track has been doing for 30 years, and we're gonna keep on encouraging our young people. What does the Lord require of us? The Lord requires us to not only love each other, not only to teach every child, not only to have respect for education and good learning, but also the God I serve requires of us as a just people to make sure that everybody has power. What is power? the ability to effect change in your circumstance. A powerless people is a hopeless people. Dr. Benjamin E. Mays, the last of possibly the great schoolmasters who tutored Martin Luther King Jr. and was his intellectual mentor and his spiritual inspiration, said in 1967, and I wish that you would hear me now, be patient with me. If I step on anybody's toes, I got some salve in my back pocket, <laughs> and I'll take care of it if you got any bruises after I say what I'm gonna say. But in 1967, at his final commencement, he gave this charge to the students at Morehouse, and I quote him, the Negro battle for justice and equality in the future will not be against the Wallaces, the Rawls Barnetts, and the Lester Maddoxes, but against the subtlety 
of our liberal friends who will wine and dine with us in the swankiest of hotels, work with us, and still, and still discriminate against us when it comes to money and power. The battle must be won because for a long time, the wealth of this nation will be in the hands of white Americans and not Negroes. Do you want to know how you can stop the killing in Chicago? I'll tell you. A man from your community, William Golden, wrote a little book called Lord of the Flies. Some of you remember that movie. These pristine, erudite, polite, well-scrubbed choir boys from England unfortunately were on a plane that was shot down during World War II. That plane ended up with the wreckage in the South Sea Islands. They were on that island, isolated, away from civilization. No discipline was there. No resources to maintain their existence. And as time passed on, they devolved down to savagery. And they worshiped the head of that pig. And his thesis was, when you take away from people the basic resources for human existence, they will be less than what they should be. My friends, I hope you join with me and prophesy everywhere you go. Donald Trump, don't you open your mouth no where again about what do you have to lose. The only thing we as blacks have to lose is our dignity to believe in you who is not supporting educational program, has not made a commitment in the past, and you don't have any indication you will do it in the future to make sure that the Chicago's of America, the San Francisco's, the Oakland's, there will be jobs for people who want a job, and they will be able to economically sustain themselves, take care of their families, and live in their communities, and celebrate their culture. We can make it through Trumpism when we realize that everybody deserves some money in their pocket, everybody deserves to have power, and if you don't have it, you will lose out on being God's best child. But I thank God, I thank God tonight that there's somebody who knows that three square meals a day, health care, making sure that everybody has the opportunity to celebrate his culture will keep our society alive, well, and kicking. In the final analysis, whether you are black, whether you're white, whether you're Jewish, or you're Christian, we can make it through it all when we turn not just to our rituals, 
will return to a universal dictum. Whatever you may be, it doesn't matter. Wherever your ancestor might have come from, it doesn't matter. Wherever you think you may be trying to go to, it does not matter. But if you would get a hold of that universal dictum of the golden rule, in Christianity it says, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, do ye to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Confucianism says, do not do to others what you would not like yourself. Then there will be no resentment against you, either in the family or in the state. Buddhism says, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. Hinduism says, this is a psalm of duty. Do not unto others what you would not have them do unto you. Islam says, no one of you is a believer until he desires for his brother or sister that which he desires for himself. And Judaism coming home says to us all, what is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow men. This is the entire law. All the rest is commentary. I feel all right. <laughs> I'm going to make it through this Trumpism. I feel all right. I'm going to love everybody. I feel all right. I'm going to keep on prophesying. I feel all right. As long as I'm at Third Baptist and Temple Emmanuel is here, we're going to get together. We're going to work together. We're going to shout together. We're going to pray together. We're going to heal together. We're going to help each other together. And when we fulfill God's requirements of doing justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with our God, as I always say in my mantra, the day will come when there will be an antiphonal expression and all of us will be able to hear the universe saying, I'm black and I'm proud. I'm brown and I'm sound. I'm yellow and I'm mellow. I'm red, but I ain't dead. I'm white and I'm all right. I'm gay, but I'm godly. I'm straight, but I'm sensible. I'm an immigrant, but I'm industrious. I'm a woman, but I am wise. That's what God wants us to do. And God will make us do it when we do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with him. Let the church say it. Let the synagogue say, Amen. 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 And thank God.